Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hey, my fellow podcast lovers and true crime lovers, this is Catherine Schweit. I'm here today by myself because Sarah Ferris has COVID. Da, da, da. I wanted to share just a few minutes with you about what's going on in our world particularly here in the States, as you know, Sarah's in the UK, but I am in the United States, where just a few days ago, we had a terrible shooting in the state of Florida. That's particularly significant. I wanted to mention that particular state because this is there were three people who were murdered inside and outside of a little tiny store called Dollar General here that is a chain store. And the people who were killed were all black. A 19-year-old man, A.J. Laguerre, who was working there, he had a high school graduate, 29-year-old Gerald Gallion, and 53-year-old Angela Michelle Carr. Angela was an Uber driver, was driving somebody to the store, and she was killed. Now, the significance of this, and why I wanted to mention this particular situation today, is that this shooting occurred just a few days ago, but it occurred in the state of Florida, which has really kind of been in a state of flex about racial matters. And we have seen a ratcheted up number of hate crimes in the United States with regard to racial tension. And Florida is sometimes, it seems like, at the front of that. So last year, there have been many efforts in the Florida legislature to make some movements and some changes around that have to do with how education is handled and how some other things are handled. And at the forefront of that has been their governor who is now running for president of the United States. But the legislature has been talking, as many legislatures have in the United States, about something that we haven't dealt with before, except in the last few years, which is that parents are in charge of their kids and parents should be able to decide what kids learn in school. That's a simplified version of it. What that conversation has done is turned into this conversation that's a talking point for politicians called, you're either woke or you're not woke. It's not an accurate use of the term, but I bring all of that up to say that this shooting is now being, of course, investigated as a hate crime. Just to back up and tell you what happened is, it happened last Saturday, so here at the end of August, there was an individual, he's 21 years old, a white male, who drove 
near this Dollar General store, kind of past it, and onto the campus of Edward Walters University, which is a historically black college or university, HBCU, we call them here in the States, which there are many schools that were set up after the civil rights movement in the 50s and the 60s and schools that were established well before that, but then identified as universities that were designed to provide and lift up and support the Black community, the African-American community that had maybe previously not been able to get into colleges and universities. So these HBCUs are spread throughout the United States. And Edward Walters University is the first HBCU in Florida. I believe it was opened in the 1800s. So the HBCUs have faced a lot of threats, particularly, according to the FBI, 20 bomb threats just in the past year. And it just really speaks to the racial tension that we have here in in the United States right now. And one that really we saw so much more of an overt racial violence in the 50s and before. And now we seem to be back in that environment where one of the people in uh, Florida said we're really in a black versus white culture now, just like we used to be. And we're looking at things where the violence is very overt. So taking us back to the shooting, this individual, this 21-year-old white male shooter, he came to the, to the area of the university, but somebody saw him get out of his car and saw him put a bulletproof vest on, as it turned out. And they saw him doing something furtive, as we would say in law enforcement. And so in order to be responsible, they notified the local campus police. And the local campus police went to go to talk to him, and the shooter took off. And he took off down the road, not far away, and the officer reported the license plate, wasn't able to speak to him, but reported the license plate. And in the same amount of time that kind of all of that occurred, this individual stopped at this store, this Dollar General store, and got out of his car with all of his tactical gear still on, raised a rifle killed this 53-year-old woman who was simply driving somebody to the store and then went inside the store, shot the 19-year-old and the 29-year-old, and then killed himself. So basically a coward. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes! Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. 
It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. The shooting itself is sad, uh, but it's a bigger picture. And that's really why I wanted to mention it to you today, because it's something that we want to follow as an ongoing and increasing violence that we've seen, particularly towards the Black community. One of the things that's kind of sad and kind of telling is that the NAACP, which obviously is a, well, I shouldn't say it obviously, in case you don't know, the NAACP, it is a organization that was stood up years ago to protection and speak as a voice for what it was colored people at the time, NAACP, came out in just a few months ago because of all this political rhetoric going on in Florida, because of this woke conversation. And because of some other things that include changes to the curriculum courses, like courses that can't be offered in school, parents who are allowed to block books from coming into the schools, it's a much bigger story. But because of the political tension that's there in Florida, the NAACP actually issued a travel advisory this past spring warning Black people to use extreme care in traveling to Florida. And some people kind of scoffed at that. But the intense violence that has been seen and the increased violence against Black individuals in that state that kind of puts a point on exactly what the NAACP was concerned about. So I think it'll be interesting to follow forward as we see, because it isn't a speculative question. It isn't speculative on whether or not this 21-year-old was shooting Blacks. He, in fact, planned to do this to this type of community and may have, in fact, ended up shooting up that HBCU, that university campus, but for the fact that some alert students notified their security officer and the security officer essentially kind of ran the guy off by trying to approach him. But the subject just before he went and shot and killed people and then cowardly, of course, shot himself, he called his dad and said, dad, you know, use a screwdriver, bust my bedroom door open. Okay, why is there a lock on his bedroom door? Bust his bedroom door open and go look at my computer. And he had his own letter indicating that he was going to kill himself. And then also a big, long screed talking about how he was basically just a big racist and he was a white supremacist and he admired all the other white supremacists who had gone out and killed people. And he had, as it turned out, on his rifle, swastikas, little swastikas painted on his rifle. So he's just kind of a very lost kid who bought into this rhetoric of hate, 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 and was a proud white supremacist. So my closing thought about where we are now is we have a dead shooter and we have three people whose families are never going to see them again. And it was all fueled by hate, 
hate, hate. So think about who you know and who you're around who spews hate because hate turns into this kind of violence. And the saddest postscript to the story is that this shooting occurred the same day, which was a Saturday. I mentioned it was a Saturday because last Saturday here in Washington, D.C., there were thousands of people out on the National Mall remembering the 1963 March on Washington where Martin Luther King gave his speech where he said, I have a dream. And many of the speakers this Saturday said, we still have uh, such a long ways to go. And I think the shooting is an indication that we still have a long ways to go here in the States. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal.